Amen. Welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. God is in the place. Amen. He's here. Well, I'm Pastor Paul. That's my beautiful wife, Elizabeth. We're so glad you're here. I believe God's got a good word for you today. I just uh, felt like I had a little bit of a word this morning. And even though Elizabeth just prayed, I want to pray again. If y'all will, just go with me just for a moment. Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask right now that, uh, that you just awaken our spirit, that you just awaken, awaken ourselves to not be numb to the world, to not be numb to our circumstance, to not be numb to the church and to the word and to your spirit. That, Lord, you showed me this morning that this is not the only meal that we have through the week, that this is a place to develop a hunger for the rest of the week, to get hungry in this place and to eat and to feast and to go after what it is that you have for us through the week. This isn't enough. Sunday mornings aren't enough. It's just a start. It's just a start. And Lord, I just ask you just to drop a hunger in our stomachs, in our spiritual stomachs tonight, Lord that will not rest until we eat. Just thank you, Lord. Just speak to us today, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just want you to know, church is not the place for you to get your tank full and go for, through the week on that filling. It's a place for us to come together. It's a place for us to re rejoice together and to cry together and to hear how each other is doing and, and to receive a word um, to help lead us for the, for the week. And uh, I want you to know you cannot make it on what you get here. It's a portion. You're not supposed to make it without it, but it's a portion. And if all your spiritual walk is just coming to church, then I want you to know you have got something amazing ahead if you can grasp following the Lord. If you can grasp it, it's not following the church. It's not supporting the church services. It's following the Lord. And we've been in a series called House of Cards, which you can see that that's been removed. Really, I'm still on that topic, but I just don't feel like that it's saying um, what, I wanted, what I want it to say anymore. Um, if you remember, it's based on the cards that we've been dealt, our life cards, some that, that are our, by our choosing, some not by our choosing, but we just have this hand to play, and it seems like it's a losing hand. And that if we keep playing that hand on our own, that every time the wind blows, our house falls like a house of cards. That it doesn't take much shaking to knock you not only off track, but knock you out. Off the wagon, knock you out, not knock you just completely out. So this house of cards is going to kind of morph into follow. Because if you remember, every scripture, I bring, every time I start this series, I bring up Matthew chapter 4, and it's where Jesus uh, went up to these fishermen and just said, hey, I want you to quit what you're doing and follow me. And uh, we've been trying to learn over the last few weeks, what does it mean to follow? Because the disciples had Jesus the man to follow. For three years, Jesus walked the earth, and these guys followed and watched what he did and watched him teach and watched him minister watched him die on the cross and completely not understand what was going on, watched him come back to life uh, and see the holes in his hand and see the risen Savior. 
But then Jesus said, time for me to go. If you can imagine for these disciples, it'd be like, what? You've had us walk away from everything and now you're leaving? But he goes on to even say it further and say, it's best for you that I go. And that's where we've been over the last few weeks. If you're here today for the first time or just for the last couple weeks and you feel like, man, what is he talking about? Go to our website and download the podcasts and get caught up because it is an amazing thing to see the purpose and plan of Jesus Christ as a man coming to earth. And what his plan was was not to stay in the earth as a man forever. He stayed and he left and he sent his spirit on purpose It was the plan. He said, I must go so that I can send the Spirit. And I feel like, I don't feel like, I know that the church, including myself, has missed this part. And I am a Spirit-filled preacher. I'm a Spirit-filled Baptist. Go chew that up in your little spiritual religious uh, uh, blender. It doesn't work. To the world, it's like, huh, he's lost. Yeah, I I can kind of agree with you. I have been lost because I have had the wrong perception. I have had the wrong view of the Holy Spirit. But I believe over the last month or two that the Lord is releasing an incredible word to the church. That the word is for the church. And it's a real interesting place that I come from because I was raised in a traditional Baptist church. But I was raised by spirit-filled parents. So we would go to church on Sunday and go to these wild Holy Ghost meetings on the weekend. And I mean, it's like, now we're back in this setting. Now we're over here in this setting. Uh, My my nephew, uh, Judah Akers, had a concert last night, and he sang a song about being somewhere in between. And it really ministered to me that... That, that those that are on this side aren't wrong. Those that are on this side aren't wrong. It's just not all right. And I believe that that's the word that the Lord has given me. And I can't help but be incredibly excited because I feel like that I can see That all of these different denominations and different outlooks are going to change if we can grasp this word that the Lord has given, the church. And that is all on the Holy Spirit. Jesus left. He said, I am with you, but soon I will be in you. He had to leave so that his spirit could be in us. Now let's just pick it up from there. Uh, I encourage you, go back and listen to the messages. Join our class. We're we're continuing a second week of our class on this book that we're reading on the Holy Spirit. It's tomorrow night. If you want to be a part of that, call the church tomorrow. Seek out a pastor or a staff member or myself at the end of service. We'll help you. But the question I want to start to answer today is who is the Holy Spirit? Because I think that we've missed it. Let me just say it this way. I think that I've missed it. I know I've missed it. It's not an if or did you really, it is yes, I have missed it. Not on purpose, I didn't have the wrong heart, I've had the right heart, I love the Lord, but I have missed it. Anybody here ever spent their life spending years and then realize, oh my gosh, I've been going the wrong, I've been doing the wrong thing. 
That's me. So how do I tell you about the Holy Spirit? Well, let me just start and just try to tell you, how would I tell you about my wife, Elizabeth? Because I know her. I know her better than anyone else that I know on this earth. I can tell you the things that she likes. I know the things that she likes. But I can also tell you the things that she doesn't like. I can definitely tell you those. (laughs) And if you don't know what your spouse, if you don't know the things that they don't like, you're an idiot. Now, please, please, go ahead and start forgiving me now. Scripture says get ready to bear with one another because we're going to make mistakes. So if I use, uh, Joe McGee would always say stupid all the time, and a young child came home to their, Joe McGee's one of our traveling ministers, and the young child said, is Joe, to their parent, is Joe McGee saved? And the parent said, yeah, I think he's saved. Why? Because he uses the word stupid all the time. So they thought he wasn't saved because, anyway. So yeah, I said idiot. I I think that we're missing it if we don't know what our spouse is like and don't like. I can tell you what she doesn't like. I can tell you what some of her habits are, what her mannerisms are and things like that. But I cannot tell you everything about her. I can't. I'm still learning that. How many of you know that after you've been married 10 years, you're still getting to know your spouse? Well, I can tell you after, after being married 20 years, you're still getting to know your spouse. I don't think that stops. But not in one sermon, not in a hundred sermons, could I tell you everything about Elizabeth. What about the Holy Spirit? How long has the Holy Spirit been around? Forever. I've known, I've known the Holy Spirit. I believe that when I was saved at five years old that the Holy Spirit came into my heart even though I didn't have the right picture. I didn't have the right thing in mind. I believe I've had the Holy Spirit since I was five. I got Spirit-filled at 17. So I've got, 20, I've got 40, close to 40 years of, of getting to know who the Holy Spirit is. I can tell you his mannerisms, I can tell you his, part of his personality, I can tell you things that he does and things that he does to me, but I can't tell you all of it. He's been around forever. How could I tell you? The only way that you can come to know who the Spirit is is by you getting to know him. You can go read someone's biography, but you don't know that person. I am not physically capable of knowing Jesus on a cognitive level in my normal mind, in the natural. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I've given you all this scripture before, but let's look at it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. For who among men know the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now let me just tell you, how many of you men try to guess what your wife is thinking? You would think I would learn to stop doing that. Because I'm never right. Well, unless it's extremely obvious. Our cat drug up a snake the other day and I knew Elizabeth did not want to be touched by that snake. Now, I knew that. But the simple things, the things that you would think we would get, we don't get. And I try to make maneuvers thinking what she's thinking, and it always backfires. Almost always. 99 out of 100 backfire. But if I had her spirit, 
if I had her spirit, I could know. This is what we have. We have the spirit of Christ in us. I'm hoping, I'm hoping the blow your mind moment is coming today. Who is the Holy Spirit? Because in, 2, in 1 Corinthians 2, Paul is essentially saying we cannot know the deep matters of God. We just sang all morning, I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart. And you know what? Jesus gave us his heart. But we don't know his heart because we don't know his spirit. But he's given it to us. We must know the spirit of God to know the deep matters of God. This word that we just read, know, K-N-O-W, to truly know God. Uh, by the word know, to truly know God, meaning to have an understanding that is much more than just the superficial knowledge that can be obtained with little or no effort. Now, I will tell you that even married couples do not many times know each other. And it is a, it is a sad thing to see. How important it is. And I want you to see a connection here. It is the desire of God's heart that I get to know my wife and that she gets to know me. It is vital that in us raising our kids that my wife and I be together. That our decisions are together. That we be unified. How can I ever be unified with her if I don't know her? I can't. I can only be unified with myself and try to somehow make her be unified with me. That's not unified. That's, I was going to make up a word. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'll stop there. <laughs> but can you see the same picture that the Lord places with us and him? He wants us to know him. If we know him, then his desires aren't going to come across as some dumb rule. Not only are we going to know him, but it's going to be placed in our hearts. He's going to give us the desires of our heart. He's not against your desires, nor should we be against his desires. Let me give you an example. Almost everybody in the United States knows who the president is, right? But most of us do not have a personal relationship with him, right? We don't know his deepest desires. We don't know what drives him. We don't know what he truly believes. Now, I can tell you, we make snide comments about what we think he believes, but we don't truly know. In the same way, we will never possess anything more than common knowledge about God if we do not discover him by his Spirit. Through the revelation with the Spirit of God, we can now have intimacy with the Creator on a spiritual level, a spiritual level of relationship. Now Paul, the Apostle Paul, went to this level in the spirit, with the Spirit. And I want you to remember, he never walked the earth with Jesus. The Apostle Paul never walked the earth with Jesus, right? Galatians chapter 1. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Like Paul, now I want you to hear me, this is a, a pretty big statement. 
we have been given the opportunity to follow Jesus without any possible conflicts of previous misunderstandings developed through physical interaction. Did y'all catch that? Because I want to say it again, and I'm going I'm to tie it together with an example. We have been given the opportunity to follow Jesus without any possible conflicts of previous misunderstandings developed through physical interaction. So what am I saying? How many times have you sat down with the person closest to you, your spouse, and had a discussion and you say things and they take it completely wrong? Anybody here ever been taken wrong? Anybody here ever taken what your spouse said to you wrong? And we're sitting there and having a conversation and something comes out of my mouth and she, she fires back something and I'm like, that's not what I said. Well, that's how I took it. Well, that's not how I meant it. But most of the time we don't say anything. We just get mad at each other and we go in our other directions and we, then we're just down deep. And it's a seed of bitterness. Almost every uh, marriage issue today is due to miscommunication. She doesn't have my spirit to know my heart. I don't have her spirit to know her heart, to know why did she say it like that. Number one, she said it like that. I couldn't even hear what she said. I just caught the atmosphere. I don't know what she just said, but that did not feel good. We don't have the baggage of walking with Jesus the man. You may say, well, pastor, he was perfect. Yes, but you're not. You could take a word that he said directly to you in your cognitive natural mind and take it the wrong way. It's why churches do stupid stuff. Churches that love the Lord. I have walked with blinders on my eyes, not because I had the wrong heart, not because I haven't prayed to be filled with the Spirit, not because I'm not passionate about God. I'm just not perfect. And I can take things the wrong way. And I do it with my wife all the time. Take things the wrong way. I mean, <laughs> somebody, thank you. <laughs> hey. This is life right here, man. <coughs> I take things the wrong way all the time. All the time. And 99 times out of 100, she doesn't mean it the way I take it. I take it wrong. But we don't have that hindrance. We have the very spirit of God speaking to us. <coughs> and do you know when he speaks... If we happen to take it wrong, he'll make it clear to us. He'll remind us. He'll love on us and comfort us and continue to say it over and over and over. Wait a minute, you took that the wrong way. This is what I meant. This is what I meant. This is what I meant. Paul, you're not listening. This is what I meant. This is what I meant. This is what I meant. And place in me his love and say, ooh, now put that with, with, with my love. Oh, I get it. Can, can you guys follow what I'm saying? I don't have me in the way. I have his spirit in me. 
awesome truth is that we can walk closer, we can become closer to Jesus without seeing him than we ever could have seeing him. Without the ability to physically walk with Jesus, we have to commune with him through the spirit of Christ that dwells within us, establishing this deep spiritual relationship with the creator. That's the relationship I can build daily. I'm not talking about being filled with the Spirit. I'm not talking about operating in the power of the Spirit. I'm talking about a personal relationship with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. As though He is right here. Let's not worry about the things of the Spirit, the power and the things that He does. Let's worry about Him. Let me, let me go into this, this point. Because there's been this serious misconception in the church, in me, this error that's occurred because we have been pursuing the work and the power of the Spirit without knowing the Spirit. Did you catch that? Do you wonder why things look weird when people start flowing in the Holy Spirit? It's because we're trying to grab hold of the power, but we don't know Him. Let me go another step further and prepare yourself. Whenever we start operating in the Spirit, we need to be able to ask ourselves this question. Does that look like Jesus? Because running around through worship like a chicken with their head cut off, running circles or laps around the church, we need to be able to ask ourselves, does that look like Jesus? Now, I want to tell you, I have seen incredible manifestations that wouldn't necessarily line up with that, that I believe the power of God was in it. I believe that God has been moving in us even though we haven't quite had everything worked out. So those of you that love to run, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to punch you between the face, in the face. I want to ask you another question. Why when the Holy Spirit starts to move right now in the church, especially in our church, why is it only a tongue? Why is that the only manifestation that we receive? I want to read something to you. I'm not against a tongue. In fact, you all all know I pray in tongues. I believe in tongues. My prayer language is one of the most powerful, precious things that's in my life. So do not start going down this road that I'm not for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I am. And I'm looking for him to move in this church. But I'm looking for him to move right. Can I tell you what the, what the manifestations of the Spirit are? This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are differences of ministries but the same Lord. So the Spirit will move but it will still look like the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities but the same God who works in them all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. There's words of wisdom through the Spirit, another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, a word of faith by the same Spirit, gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, another prophecy, another discerning spirits, and different kinds of tongues and the interpretations of tongues. And one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. If the Spirit is moving, we should see more gifts moving than just the one. There's nothing wrong with tongues. I'm not trying to say we need to stop giving tongues. Not at all, but the others should be coming. But what I'm trying to say is 
let's set that aside and let's go and get to know who the Holy Spirit is. Because I believe it will shock you. I believe it's going to change the church. And it's going to put people that have been on two separate different planets when it comes to the Spirit of God and when it comes to what church should look like, it's going to get us on the same page. Because the people on the left, wild, spirit-moving people are going to move to the middle and the people that are completely rejected it because it's gotten weird are going to move to the middle. Can anybody see what I'm trying to say? That if we will not worry about the manifestations of the Spirit and realize it is the Holy Spirit that the church is to be build it, built on. It is what we have here in the earth. And if we will build our church on the Holy Spirit, these things will follow Him. We can't keep it from following Him. When you hired me as your pastor, you got all of me. You could not keep me from being me. I will tell you, Satan tried to do that. Tried to attack my personality and kill who I was. But God said, no, I created him and this is why he's like this. And here we go. Now you got all this big mess on the stage. What are we going to do with the Holy Spirit? (laughs) But when we get the Holy Spirit, we're going to get his things. But they are not going to look outside of Jesus Christ. They are not going to look outside of his word. They will line up. And it is going to be unbelievable. We have tried to go after the work and the power of the Holy Spirit without first coming to know him. This has been me. The position that the Holy Spirit has had in my life has been... um, I can't ever describe this just perfectly. Kind of like you would put medicine in the medicine cabinet. Um, Maybe if if you have asthma and you have an inhaler, when you start having an attack, you go get your inhaler and... Oh, okay. Now let's go back to what I was doing. But when a disaster would happen in my life or... I've been praying for my children or for my family or for you, and I just don't know what to pray anymore. Then I would call on the Holy Spirit and use my prayer language. It hasn't been wrong, but I've positioned him in this area of a five-hour energy drink only when I'm really tired and I need to go get a shot of Super Christian. And the Lord says, yeah, I see what you're trying to do, but put, don't worry about the power. Bring it right here. It is the center of who I am. You're trying to build a relationship with me. Get that out of the medicine cabinet and get it, get it in you. I don't want to be a shot in the arm, a B12 shot. I want to be the center of your life. Not Jesus the man who is in heaven. The spirit of Jesus. Now the most awesome thing is they don't conflict I am receiving the heart of Jesus into my heart, not some weird, weird ghost that's going to make me do stupid stuff. No, what, it, what it's going to help me do is do what he wants done. It will not conflict. The church has been afraid that when the Holy Spirit moves, it's going to be some wild outbreak. No, it will be Jesus moving in you. 
just like he did here on the earth. It, it, I'm telling you, I don't know how we can get this. I met with a prominent pastor um, this week. And, uh, you know, I'm desperate to, to speak with other pastors because this cannot stay here. And I'm not after other churches. I'm not after other people. I am after this message that God has given us to the church. Because Kent Henry once prophesied over this church that we would be a bridger church for the Baptist to, to, to join back to the Spirit. And it makes sense. And I have this history of Baptist and Pentecostal. And I don't like either one. I got issues with both. Don't you? I mean, stick around me long enough, you'll have issues with me. You probably don't have to stick around that long. I'll have issues with you. We're just people screwing up stuff and asking God for grace. Let me close with this. It's crucial that we see the Holy Spirit, that we believe that the Holy Spirit is a divine person. One who is infinitely holy and wise and infinitely mighty and wonderfully tender and sensitive and compassionate. One who is worthy to receive our reverence and affection and faith and love and devotion and complete surrender. Or do we see him as the Holy Spirit being just simply an influence proceeding from God? Some kind of mystical power. And that's what I've done. Is called on this power whenever I just had disaster. I do want to say one thing that as I talk about the Holy Spirit being a person, I am not saying that he is human. He's not human. Jesus the man was fully human. But what I am saying is that the person of the Holy Spirit possesses attributes of what we would consider personality. The Holy Spirit is deity, but he's not a human being. Let me put it this way. We were created in God's image, not God created in our image. We are like him. He is not like us. Can you grasp that? We do not have the human Jesus in our hearts, we have the spirit of Jesus in our hearts. And with that spirit comes all of the attributes of him. His human body is there, but the personality and heart and desire and voice and mind is here. I have the mind of Christ. I have the righteousness of Christ. Everything that he is, I have. As a church, we've chosen to view him as a holy entity rather than the one who is most holy and that we are to follow. He will lead us and guide us. He will comfort us. He will fill us with his love. He desires to be our closest friend, yet we have limited his involvement in our lives. The sad truth is that we have inadvertently rejected the most fulfilling relationship available to us. What I want to pray over you is, as Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians, that you receive a revelation of Jesus Christ. Because you cannot just take it from me. We went over Wednesday night a difference between communicated knowledge and revealed knowledge. 
we receive communicated knowledge, but if it doesn't somehow get into our hearts, we're not going to grab it. But when we get revealed knowledge, which is what I've gotten from the Lord, you cannot take it away from me. No power on this earth can rob that from me. And let me tell you, I've got, I've got concerns about when I go to give this message to people, people wanting to attack me. The world will attack this. But nothing in this world can tell me it's not true. Because the Spirit of God spoke it to me. And what I need, what I need you to receive is not my message. It's for you to receive the Spirit message directly into your spirit. For you to receive this message directly into your spirit. Amen. I know you are. You're coming to that class and I hear your heart. My heart's with you. Amen. Sweet baby. Here comes the next one. All right. Listen, listen to me. If you will ask him to speak to you, he will. He says if you'll ask, he'll speak. If you'll seek, you'll find. If you'll knock, he will open. The church does not do this part for you. Your asking, your seeking, your knocking is done by you. Now, I also want to encourage you. You may have never received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Even a lost person, if you ask the Lord to speak to you, he'll speak to you. I believe that he's already speaking to you now. That, that voice that's tugging at you today is the Spirit of Jesus Christ speaking directly to you. He has had you in mind forever. And his thoughts about you are good. And what's so amazing is if you'll get to know his spirit, you'll get to know his thoughts about you. But what, I, what I'm going to pray over you today is that you personally receive revelation directly from the spirit of God. Would you ask for that? We all stand up with me and let's just ask for that. I want you to know I'm not trying to lead you down some weird road. The Word of God says if you'll ask, He'll speak. So all I'm asking you to do is to follow His Word and ask. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you right now, according to your Word, that those, of the, those that are here that are asking that you would speak, would you just right where you, where you sit, just to, between you and God, just say, Lord, I ask you to speak to me. I ask you to give me revelation of who you are, of your spirit. Holy Spirit, I just ask over this body that we would just make a decision to move the Holy Spirit from the medicine cabinet directly to the center of our life. And you are not a weird spirit. You are the spirit of Jesus Christ. You are the spirit of Jesus Christ. Would anyone here under the sound of my voice reject the man of Jesus Christ if he were standing here in front of you? Then don't reject the Spirit of Christ. 
Lord, I ask that this body receive the same revelation or whatever revelation you want to give them. I don't believe it's a multiple message. I believe it's one message. Your spirit is you. It is you that is in us and ready to lead us and guide us and comfort us and love us. Change us. Lord, change our city. Lord, change our nation. But Lord, start right here in us individually, in our heart, that we would follow the Spirit of Christ and follow your word. Thank you. Pastor Justin.